Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts. Excited today, 200th episode of the Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. And we have a great show tonight. We're going to line it up. And in the house will be Adrian Smith of Champion Team USA and of the Boston Renegades of the WFA, as well as Utah Falcons head coach uh, Rick Rasmussen two-time IWFL champion head coach, be in the house in about an hour or so. So we're looking forward to the, uh, those two folks talking to them about what's coming up in their uh, upcoming seasons, especially in the WFA and the IWFL. And we're going to just dive into college football. We're going to also dive into the NFL at this point, uh, week 11, uh, and then we're going to college football week 12. So um, that's, in the what we're going to be talking about the whole time, but the exciting news that we had this week uh, was the border war between Canada and U.S. in the high school matchup, and uh, Manitoba Girls Football Association uh, took the wins in the junior level, uh, 33 to 31, and in the senior level, 40 to 6. So very exciting week in uh, youth girls tackle football, especially on the international scene. This is kind of the first thing that's, that's happened so far. Uh, I've been told this will be going on probably on a yearly level. Um, so we're looking forward to that matchup coming every year. So let's uh, bring in WFA All-Star this in the house. I believe Troy Wilson should be joining us here. Um, and if he's not, uh, we'll catch him next Tuesday. But uh, he should be coming on, I, I believe, today. Um, so Holly... Uh, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic today. Um, just running around doing stuff. Uh, it's not raining out here, so it's a really nice weather. And kind of excited to talk to Adrian here. Um, she just got uh, her um, her game Blitz Champs pretty much uh, won an award. So it's like I wanted to just get her on because that's a huge accomplishment. And uh, on top of her other stuff that she does, sort of uh, puts her in that uh, hashtag of Wonder Woman. Um, so wanted to bring her on and, and get her uh, spotlighted here because she deserves it. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Smith is one of those um, uh, staples of women's football. She's not only been an amazing player uh, her entire career, but she's one of those pioneers that has worked extremely hard off the field to promote the sport and uh, to do what she can to help help it uh, develop. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have her. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's 
great for her because she's got everything going on. Um, you know, she's got her um, regular business that she runs, which is the uh, the HC Tours um, that she does over in, I believe, in Brooklyn. Um, it's called the HT, uh, H3 Tours. She's been doing that for a long time. She's CEO of that and now creator of Blitz Champs. So it's going to be very exciting to see. Um, Holly, what is uh, what did you take away from the Manitoba um, versus Indiana girls football event? It was a really good event. Um, by the way, we have to say uh, uh, thanks to Lisa Sousa Cummings out of the uh, Manitoba organization for putting this together and for the Indy Crash as well for their efforts. I think it's uh, exciting overall. I mean, uh, it sounds like the junior game was very close, which is good. We want competitive uh, contests. It only makes everybody better. And um, I think everybody should uh, be congratulated on how hard they work to put on this event, and I hope they have more in the future. And I hope uh, that it kind of puts the bug out there for other programs around the country to start taking hold and to have competitions. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it'll be Utah next year. Um, that would be great. Um, that's sort of like the first in the U.S. meeting uh, the first program in Canada. So it's very exciting times that way. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a great start uh, to give the opportunity and just the experience for the girls, you know, to come from Canada, uh, for the girls from Indiana to see foreign uh, players from a different country come in for competition. The first game, the juniors game, was really good. Um, I, I was keeping tabs on that. It was uh, 33-31, very competitive all the way around. So that's that's really good. Uh, and then the senior the senior level was not as good. Uh, just goes to sh- I think it just shows me that maybe the Indiana program still needs a little bit to work on. But the Manitoba program has been in place for a long time, so there's the edge there, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Manitoba program's been around longer, so it makes sense that they might be a bit more competitive on that senior level. But uh, as you said, it's good exposure for both sides, and it's good for the sport as a whole uh, for these girls to understand that this is something that they can do and it's competitive and that there's a future for them in the sport, that it's not just something that uh, – uh, that they do once and forget about. This is something that they actually have a few good overall. Yeah, I was excited. Um, the girls were really excited, and I think they had a good trip. Uh, it was really exciting times for them, trying to you know go back and forth. And uh, they got they got home safe. That was a priority there after the game. Um, no real major injuries of anything that we uh, heard of. So everything was good and nice, and everything turned out really good for everybody. Um, Holly, before we dive into Adrian here. Let's uh, talk week 11 NFL, and let's go within if, – if we're talking Pittsburgh now, we're talking Patriots, um, and we're also talking uh, Minnesota Vikings, and we're talking uh, – what's the other team in play here? Because obviously Green Bay is out of the picture. Oh, and we're talking Eagles. How can I forget that? Sorry, Amanda. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> I'm just teasing <laughs> <clears throat> no, I think those are definitely the, the, the teams to beat. I mean, I think uh, the Thursday night game between the Steelers and Titans proved that the Steelers have a lot more experience than the Titans on that kind of level. And the Titans are kind of that team that uh, is trying to get to that level. So it was a good measuring stick for them. 
<clears throat> they were actually playing pretty competitively, but they turned the ball over. And you can't do that against a team that is as, is as experienced as the Steelers. Um, the one concern I have with them is they need to be more consistent with getting Bell going. Um, the more consistent they can be with him, the easier it's going to be on their passing game. And when you get deep into the playoffs, it's going to be really imperative that they make sure that that run game is strong. And it seems this season it's up and down. One week he goes off for 150 yards. Next week it's like he averages three yards a carry. Then he averages one yard a carry, and it's just all over the place. They need to be more consistent with that. Um, Yeah, but I think the Patriots are getting better, which is scary. And I think um, the Eagles um, are definitely on fire. And I think you have to be serious about talking about Wentz for an MVP run. He's playing on that level right now. And, um, uh, you know, Green Bay has definitely fallen off. But the team I, I, I want to watch out for besides the Vikings is the Panthers. They played really well uh, a week ago. They had a bye week this week. But I think the Panthers might be scary. It was a great week. Did it surprise you that – um, the Eagles beat down and Kishi freeze Cowboys so badly? No. No, honestly, the Cowboys, they're in trouble when they don't have uh, Zeke on the field, and I think that's one of the reasons why they have fought so hard off the field with this uh, suspension, because what happens is that uh, Prescott is, is a solid quarterback, but he's young, and so when Zeke isn't in there to take some of the load, I think that tries to do too much. And when he tries to do too much, he, he, he turns the ball over. And even though they do actually have decent running backs uh, to back up uh, Zeke in that run game, I think what happens is Zach tries to take on too much and it throws the rhythm of their offense off. So unless they're able to solve that, I think they're, they're kind of in trouble. And their offensive line is still really strong, but it seems like they're not as consistent this year. And um, so I was not surprised because I think the Eagles are a more complete team and they're they're playing better. Um, so no, I was not surprised. Holly, what do you say of the mess that the Bills have done with their quarterback situation? You get the Chargers that put a fifty burger on them. Um, what do you say about them right I, now? <laughs> uh, well, I think it, <laughs> they're kind of a hot mess, like you said. They put in a rookie. And he throws for five picks. And then they put in uh, uh, Tyree back in, and he plays a little bit better. But I, I don't know if that stubbornness to leave him in until he throws five picks in the first half, but I think they really should have just stuck with him. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think their team is inconsistent. And I think he um, – he's not actually as bad as their coaching staff might think. And maybe they had a reality check when they put in a rookie who threw five picks. But, no, the Bills are just kind of up and down this year. Um, and I think if they're smart, they're going to stick with retiree the rest of the season and, and see what happens. Is the, is, the, is the Giants coach scared of his job, losing his job, because the Giants beat the Chiefs 12-9? to I think it's actually more on the Chiefs. I think that um, I think the Giants, you know, they have shown a little bit uh, uh, more fight the last maybe three or four weeks. 
But honestly, that was an ugly win. And it was a field goal fest except for one uh, touchdown. And uh, I don't know. I think it's more on the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have, have cooled off a bit. Alex Smith threw a couple picks. And um, I think uh, the Giants benefited from that. And we all thought we all thought the Giants were horrible up to this point. It seems like they're just like starting to pick up where we thought they were going to do in the beginning of the season. So I mean, I'm not giving them, you know, like they're going to make the playoffs or anything. But it seems like they've awakened themselves. Um, but we'll see how it turns out here. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Jets fans are not that happy like they were earlier in the season. But it's just just the way it is, you know. All right. Um, what do we say of the um, let's see. What do we say of the Broncos? I mean, are they just you know where are they going here? I mean, because they they just they think defensively they've lost a step. I I think the problem with the Broncos is their expectations that have been put on them. I think that people think that uh, their defensive front is the same defensive front that they won the Super Bowl with, and it's not. It's it. There, there's some serious holes there, and. Um, I, Brock Osweiler is is just a hot mess. Like I just I can't I can't even. Be, he's kind of like the new Cutler for me. Where at least he he cares, you know. So that's good. But he I don't know if you watched his highlight from that game, but it's almost like a blooper reel. He's falling over himself. He's oh you know yeah. what he's the new Eli Manning. That's what he is. You know new how Eli Manning. Is? That like, that makes more sense. Yeah, Eli just, like, sometimes mm-hmm. trips over his own feet, and you're like, what the hell just happened? That's Brock Osweiler right now, except for he's a little bit taller. And on top of those issues they have, they keep turning the ball over. They just kill themselves on it. And I think people really need to just re- reevaluate their expectations for that team and understand they're just not good. Yeah, I agree with you in that. Um the Packers, we already know where they're at. Are, are they just going to drop off at this point without having Rodgers there? Because they get a beatdown from the Ravens, of all people. I think that uh, the play of Aaron Rodgers really uh, covered a lot of their flaws because he's just so good at what he does that he was able, able to overcompensate for some of their flaws. And now that you don't have him in there – those flaws are being exposed, and Hundley is just not a good decision maker right now. Like he'll move the ball, and then he'll throw three picks, and so he's just not consistent enough to do what they need to win games. And so, yeah, I think uh, honestly they're kind of on a skid. A lot of their talent is getting older too, and that doesn't help. And so, unfortunately for them, I think if they had, if Rogers hadn't gotten hurt, I think they would have had a deep playoff run. But without him in there, it seems like he was that linchpin, and now things have fallen apart. All right, um, let's go. Let's bring Troy in here. Troy, uh, what happened to Washington against Drew Brees and company? Um, you know, you, you, you have to look at um, how the New Orleans Saints have been uh, moving the football all year, and the way they've been doing it is on the ground. Um, it looked like that Washington started to get a hold of them, uh, you know, running the ball and even passing. Um, it, it seemed like they had an answer for it until they started to throw to Kobe Fleener. 
Now, Kobe Fleener for the Saints, he's kind of been, um, if you talk to any of the Saints fans, they've been, you know, he's been the one guy that everybody's been pretty much mad at uh, because they feel like that he has not been playing up to his, his uh, they have, he hasn't been playing up to snuff. Kobe Flanner was a, you know, number one tight end at Stanford. He came in with a lot of praise coming from Indianapolis. Come, he comes into New Orleans and they had high expectations. And all of a sudden, you know, he's just now he's thrust into it. And it didn't look like that Washington was prepared to, to try to stop him because when they, when they threw to the tight end pretty much exclusively in that fourth quarter, they just weren't prepared for it. And they just kind of got out of whack. And, and you know what? You got to, a lot of people here are blaming the quarterback and the and the head coach for this one. In my opinion, it's not. I just think that was, this was on the defense. They had a chance to win that game, but if you give up 15 points with three minutes and 17 seconds left in the game, I mean, listen, everybody has some share to blame. But I put this one uh, mainly on the defense. So you're not going with the general consensus, any? <laughs> no, That's way. so easy to. <laughs> It's so easy to put it on. Yeah, so I, I, easy I, to put it on the QB, right? It's like he, he almost threw for three hundred and thirty yards. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the thing. Uh, you know, this town is this town is always hard on quarterbacks, especially, and they're, they're extremely hard on head coaches. I mean, I think even in the days of Joe Gibbs, there were you know when uh, Joe Theismann was here, um, people hated Theismann. They wanted to see someone else in the game. When Mark Rippon was here, they wanted to see someone else. Doug Williams, they even hated Doug Williams for a little bit. Uh, so, you know, that's just kind of the climate of this town. I mean, they always have an issue with the quarterback, and that's that's probably not going to change with, with Kirk Cousins. But listen, the way Kirk Cousins has been playing this year, he, he hasn't had his full offensive line yet. Um, at one, one game, you know, especially against the Seahawks, he played and, and he had all, all four of his starting linemen that were out. And then the one lineman that they had left over, um, he got hurt in that game. So he was playing that game with all five of his linemen out. He hasn't had a full, uh, you know, content of, of running backs. That The running game hasn't been well this year. Wide receiver position, they're not getting any production out of that. Jordan Reed's been hurt all year. And he still hasn't dropped off the production. So it's really not Kirk Cousins' fault, uh, anybody that would watch those games. But, again, that's kind of the climate here in Washington. And with all the injuries that they have piled up, it's just really starting to take its toll uh, at this point. With Chris Thompson, he, he broke his ankle. He's out for the season. They have a tough road ahead. But, listen, they have six winnable games coming up uh, against some opponents that have just as many problems as them. So they have a chance to right the ship, but you know it, it, it's looking really thin for them right now, being four and six going into this week. All right, so um, let's go into the huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com, and uh, we are going to be talking to uh, Wonder Woman, which is basically Adrian <laughs> Smith of the Boston Renegades and of Team USA, and uh, obviously congratulations, Adrian, uh, your uh, creation. Won in the award Thank for the Blitz Champs, and so uh, we can't. I, I wanted to get you on because you deserve all this attention and props. I know Welker's <laughs> taking all the attention all the time. You know what I mean? So I wanted to just get you uh, in here. Um, no, but uh, no, on a serious, <laughs> serious note, I mean, well, that's awesome, Adrian. Um, just, I mean, you just. Thank you. I wanted to give you, you know, your props out there. There's a lot of work that goes into it. A lot of people don't realize that, and a lot of marketing, a lot of, you know, everything. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about. Uh, where you're at with this 
and it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming it's a makes a great gift. Absolutely, and Oscar, first of all, congratulations, 200 episodes. That's huge. 200 today? Can you believe that? 200. I, I was like, I woke up this morning setting up the show. I'm like, what is show? 199. 200. Wow. And I'm like, wow. That's quite impressive. Um, so I applaud you and thank you for all of the sincere attention and, and props that you give uh, women in football and just your work uh, in helping to promote the sport. I really do. It's, it's quite tremendous. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, Adrian, a lot of transition for you guys, including yourself, a transition because, you know, you go from mm-hmm. militia to renegades and then this this year, this past season, uh, I wouldn't. I, I would just like right there. Everybody, I think everybody uh, thought that you guys were going to punch it in at the end because uh, the way oh, the elite man. has had it for the last two years, you know, it's been the East Coast that just takes them out, sweeps them underneath. You know, I'm talking about the Divas the last two years, and it just right. it, it almost it almost seemed like that was going to happen again. But uh, Jenkins right. out there, uh, whatever she had, Gatorade or whatever, she pulled it through. <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to um, just thank Molly Goodwin for really coming in, coming in and saving the day in terms of allowing uh, women's football to continue to exist in Boston by kind of picking up the pieces there and founding the Boston Renegades along with um, some other key staff and personnel and our coaches, Coach Johnny and, you know, Coach Vernon, um, in, in two years we were at the big show. So that that's definitely something quite impressive. And I know I speak on behalf of all of my teammates that we're just really appreciative of the hard work, the volunteers, everyone's commitment that goes into making a championship bid. And uh, we we went up against the elite in July and we just didn't, we didn't take it home like like we thought we would. It's still, uh, it's still difficult to talk about, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Adrian, I mean, it was an ex- exceptional season for uh, Renegades, like you said, to maintain the tra- the tradition that you guys have set over the long haul. You know, since two thousand nine, and you've also had a, an IWFL championship on top of the two uh, WFA mm-hmm. championships. And your organization is only one of two teams in this league that has gone back, to, you know, that has gone to, to win two championships. Right. So that's that's, that's a credit correct. right there to everybody in general. And Molly, I, I, you got to give her credit. Like you said, you got to give her credit. Mm-hmm. She has done a tremendous job in terms of, uh, to me, you know, on a business side of things, it's very hard to yes. fundraise. It's very hard to get funding. Uh, it's very hard to get somebody to notice you and stuff. Uh, I think uh, yes. from what I've, you know, from what I've done in terms of research and stuff, She's been able to uh, partner up with a lot of women's sports, which would be lacrosse mm-hmm. or hockey or everything else. And, and I think that's a great mm-hmm. way, right, it's a great way to incorporate uh, your your team in general, but also the sport in general where fans can understand also that there's other sports, women's sports in, you know, in the area that are also successful. Right. Right. That's a great point. <clears throat> Molly's done a great job of kind of championing that that strategy of not just saying, you know, isolating women's tackle football by itself, but 
joining forces with other uh, women's sports teams in the area, and she's been um, a genius, a mastermind at doing that, uh, not only representing, you know, and helping to promote women's football just in Boston, but having a seat on the um, the board of USA Football and really doing the, the, the best that she can to help push and promote and, and improve the quality of play uh, for the, the national team and just how women and girls are approached and uh, given opportunities for football at, at the flag level and at the tackle level in, in the United States. So it definitely uh, is there's a trickle-down effect from having her being kind of in both worlds on the, the, the board of the USA football and then also having been a player, having been a champion um, as a player, and now uh, leading and, and running this, this organization, the Boston Renegades. So we're looking towards 2018 already, and uh, as always, we strive to be great, and that's, that's what we're looking to do is to, to win a championship. Yeah, you guys came so close, like I said, so close. Uh, Jenkins just – she just wanted it more after two years of losses. She was like, I think we got to punch it in. Second, the second halves were always, her, I think, the elite's uh, Achilles heel there, second halves. And, uh, but uh, you know what? You had Cahill healthy all season long, and, and that was a big deal compared to last year. Um, you guys beat yeah, the force as well. And so, uh, I mean, a lot of pieces came together for you guys. I, I, as far as I can recall, there wasn't that many harsh injuries and that made a, an exciting season as well for you guys, but, you know, deep into the playoffs and into the finals. So, um, Adrian, I'm going to have uh, Holly and Troy jump in here with some questions as well, but talk to us about uh, the, um, the Blitz Chance and how that idea yeah. came about. Oh, absolutely. So, so Blitz Champs is um, it's my baby right now. It is a card game based on football that I created, that is really fun. I mean, it's perfect for kids seven all the way up through to adults. I created it because I wanted to have a sense of being able to, to play football those times when you can't necessarily get on the field. And I wanted to provide an experience for people that don't necessarily know the game. So it's a great gateway into learning the game. It's super easy to learn. Uh, it takes two minutes to learn. Um, two to six people can play at a time, and the goal is to be the first person to score 21 or more points. Uh, and it's the mechanics are similar to Uno. So you have, you know, there are green cards, which are your offensive cards, and you use them to score uh, touchdowns, extra points, field goals, and then there are the red cards, which are your defensive cards, and you use that to take points away from your opponents, either by tackling them or intercepting uh, passes or blocking kicks. And it's really been a lot of fun. I've been testing the game uh, in New York City public schools, and uh, we've gotten rave reviews from the kids who are just enjoying it but are also learning because the game uh, also reinforces math skills. So the teachers love it, parents love it, principals love it. And as you mentioned, Oscar, um, Blitz Champs has actually won. We were recently selected um, by the National Parenting Product Awards Group and they're a, a third-party group, and all they do, they hire expert judges. Um, they have parent testers, child testers, and all they do is test products, apps, books, uh, baby gear, et cetera, and pick the best of the best. 
and uh, Blitz Champs just won. We got that on a, uh, one and a half, two weeks ago. So I'm really pumped about it. And you can get it on Amazon. Just go to Amazon. We're selling exclusively through Amazon. And you just type in Blitz, B-L-I-T-Z. We should all know that because we're football lovers. <laughs> and then Champs with a Z because I'm cool like that. Blitz Champs. Or go to BlitzChamps.com and you can buy it. Awesome. Now, Adrian, you have your full-time CEO duties, and now on top of this, this, this huge thing. It's sort of like uh, Welker's book tour, but uh, maybe better. Yes. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Well, I don't But anyway, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Is my, yes, yes. And um, Welker's out there do, doing her thing. If you haven't already, please go get her book. I'm staring at it right now. Play big. It is awesome. She's also doing all kinds of tours. Um, for girls, uh, flag football camps, which are fantastic as well. Um, and, it, again, Oscar, you give us a platform where we can just help support and spread the word and promote the positive things that we're all doing uh, for this sport. And so, I'm, again, I can't say it enough, but I thank you for that. And like you mentioned, Blitz Champs makes a great stocking stuff, a great kit, uh, gift for kids for Christmas. And then also be the cool person on your block and, and have this game available uh, for your super upcoming Super Bowl party uh, in February. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pass it over here, then pass over the baton to uh, Holly, and then we'll go with Troy. So, Holly, you probably know, uh, WFA All-Star from the Seattle Majestics and our co-host. Yeah. Um, so, Holly, uh, jump in. Hey, hey Adrian, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, girl? Good, good. Uh, so, congratulations on your award. Um, I think that's I think it's phenomenal and I'm kind of excited after we're done here I'll go on Amazon and get my set because I think I I remember you posting about your work on it so now I'm excited to see the final product and I I think that it's great because like you said um, sports really teaches you a lot of great math skills so if you have Mm -hmm. uh, a kid out there that uh, you're looking for a holiday gift for it, I think it would be a great idea. Um, I remember watching, you know, NFL and NBA games as a a kid, and now when I look back, I'm like, ah, I think I was able to pick up a lot of quick math skills by just learning, by just watching the score. So you're watching an NBA game, you're like, oh, we're down by 12 points. Oh, we're up by 15. (laughs) Just that small amount of uh, math really, I think, helped me, and I'm sure it will help other kids. So, Congratulations to you. I know you worked hard on that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And the idea for Blitz Champs, it, it first came, uh, I got it in December 2015. So I'm coming on two years now really developing this game. And, you know, Holly, as women in football, one of the things I was adamant about was um, just ensuring that the illustrations on the cards mm-hmm. reflected women and men in the game. So, you know, I got with a great illustrator. He's done work for Marvel Comics, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we've got like a hundred vibrantly colored and masterfully um, illustrated cards. And I've got women on the cards. I've got men on the cards. I've got flag football, tackle football. I really wanted to run the gamut so that when people are playing, whether it's kids or it's a great family game, everyone feels that they're included and they can see themselves represented in Blitz Champs. That's awesome. And anything done by somebody that's worked on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm going to be a fan of because I loved that when I was a kid. 
Yes, yes. I know know that you have been, you know, around the sport for many years, and I know Mm -hmm. that you're very bright and you work really hard off the field as well. What do you think we need to do as a sport to progress in the future? Uh, Great question, Holly. And my my answer is going to be the same until it actually happens, and we've got to unify leagues. We are in women's tackle where men's tackle was in the mid-1900s, so like around like 1960, I believe, there were two men's tackle leagues. Uh, and when the American Football League, the AFL, and the National Football League, the NFL, finally combined into one league, which we now know as the NFL, that's when uh, they really set the foundation that was able to propel them to the the, the accolades and to the um, the fandom that they're enjoying right now. And just you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's you know the old adage: a house divided cannot. And as women's tackle football, we will not be able to progress with multiple leagues. Uh, And I know that there are whatever difficulties or hurdles that are preventing um, some type of unification from occurring, but that's just step one, just period. I mean, if you you look at our country, there's a whole bunch of different states, then it became the United States. Now you become the this, this super powerhouse because of unification. Once we can unify uh, our leagues, then we have power. Then we have a strong platform from which we can pursue national sponsorships and um, tele- nationally televised games and all of these other uh, wonderful benefits of having a, a, a single organization. I completely agree. I think it's you know, the cleaner that we can have that uh, unified league, the better, because it it will be easier to promote that product when it's a clean yep. product. And yes. um, so I totally, totally agree. And I've also known that you played a long time, but what's your favorite football memory on the field? Uh, no, that's hard. I've played, I'm a wide receiver. I'm a wide receiver, and I've played for so many awesome Quarterbacks, I can't say that because then there will be jealousies. No, I'm not answering that question. No, I know too many people. Holly, you're trying to trick me in here. No, (laughs) I love I love everybody. I love all the QBs I've ever caught for, and I love everybody. That's what my mom said about all three kids. (laughs) And she means how about your favorite? uh, How about your favorite memory off the field? In life, just in general? Uh, football related. So, like, any, like, favorite uh, moments where you traveled and something funny happened? Or... Oh, okay. So, um, I think this is when I gathered a group of us um, national players. This is 2011. So, we just won the gold medal in 2010 in Sweden. And um, we were coaching. We were the first group of, of, of women coaches for the Play 60. Um, clinics that they have during NFL experience at the Super Bowl, and this was in Dallas. And I remember Jerry Rice came onto the field, and I just was, I just was like frozen. It was just like, oh my goodness, the best receiver in the history of the world, universe, planet, existence of everything, and there he is, Jerry Rice. 
So that was really, that was a cool moment for me. That is amazing, and I'm completely jealous because he was my childhood hero. I love that uh, man. Awesome. He's, uh, <laughs> and he still looks good, and he can still, I was watching, um, I think there was something posted on YouTube or Instagram or something where he was running some, some routes uh, at some event not too long ago, maybe two months ago, and he was still sharp. I mean, his out routes, everything, he was still looking good. I'm like, yes, gold right there. I want to be 95 and still going deep, you know? <laughs> No, I, I think he was. Uh, he went to the one of the Niners practices, and I saw that too. Was that and I was yes. like, "Oh my god, this <laughs> this man yes. is like 102, and he yes. he runs a route better than somebody who's like 22." And exactly. you know, those are definitely definitely hashtag goals for that. Um, and then, as a longtime player, this is one of my yes. favorite questions: Do you have any pregame rituals? Of course. Even as a short-term player, <laughs> game rituals. Um, but I can't get into that. That's personal. That's what I do. That's me. That's my superpowers. You know, I do certain things a certain way every time, and I'll wear the same thing every time I play, and it's separate. So what I do for practice, what I wear for practice is different from what I wear um, on game day. But yeah, I have definitely have a routine. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure everybody I've ever talked to does, you know, because like you said, it, it's a different mentality when you're going into a game day, and you have to mentally prepare yourself. So it's just really interesting because everybody seems to do it differently, and mm-hmm, uh, I mm-hmm. find it fascinating for sure. Um, all right, well, what would you say to the youth coming up in our sport? What would you say is the best thing about playing football? Oh, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm like this. For the youth coming up in the sport, just play the sport. I think we need to be beyond, oh, girls are playing football. Like, that was so, whatever, 1992. Like, let's, we're just about it. It's 2017. It's about to be 2018. Do you. You want to play football? Go play football. You, you, you like whatever sport it is, go do pursue yourself and whatever dream you have in your heart. I think um, specifically just, again, I think it's just, it's just a go for it type of moment um, right now. Don't hold back in anything that's positive. Great, great, great. I think that you're you're absolutely right. We should be um hopefully moving past the uh you know, the wow factor of women playing football and hopefully mm-hmm. get to the point where it's it's normal. And uh but no, I think what you're doing on and off the field, what you what you've been working on is is amazing and uh you're always one of my favorite people when people are like, Oh, I'm just coming into the sport you're one of the people that I point to and I'm like, You gotta watch this woman because she's she's going places and um so that. yeah definitely uh i'm excited to to see what else you come up with and i'll be on amazon to get my card set <laughs> thank you holly i appreciate it i think i thank you for that yeah get your blitz champs deck you, you will not be disappointed you'll have a lot of fun and um definitely keep doing what you're doing representing out there on the west coast for sure thank you 
All right, Troy, hey, you're Adrian, up next how's it going? Uh, with the talented Adrian Smith. Hey, hey Adrian, how's it Hi. going? Good. How are you, Troy? Doing well, doing well. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, your athletic background. I mean, uh, so so what got you um, – what were you doing athletically before you began to play women's football? Uh, so from, the, from a sports point of view, I had started playing softball when I was in the fourth grade and just carried that on through high school. And then when I was a freshman in high school, I started playing basketball and then um, – played that in college, and flag football was offered. We did that a little bit in in high school, in PE, and then I did some flag recreationally in college, but it wasn't until, you know, becoming like an adult, a woman, that I actually started playing organized football, playing tackle. But throughout that whole time period, and, I, you know, my cousins are out there, shout out to my cousins in Arkansas, uh, it was playing with them during the summer when I would go out to Arkansas and visit, just two-hand touch, and then any of the boys in my neighborhood. So shout-out to all my little childhood friends that really helped me kind of develop my love for the game and my ability to play it. And then my dad, you know, much love to him for getting me um, a football for Christmas when I was seven. And just never, you know, neither of my parents ever saying, you can't do anything because you're female. So I was my my love for football was innate, and it was nurtured. And and then who knew? Then no one would ever know that you know I could I could travel to Sweden or to Finland or to Canada playing this sport uh, that I love. So again, that's that circles back to my message to to the youth: don't ever let anyone shortchange you or tell you what you can't do because the things that are destined for your life might not even exist right now. And it's going to be 10 or 15 or 20 years, and then it pops up and you're just grateful that, that you never shortchange yourself, that you never stop believing and dreaming. Because, I mean, I couldn't tell you, heck, I couldn't tell you in 2014 that I would have created Blitz Champs, you know, and, and, and that we're about to launch it right now. Who knew? But if I listen to people saying, oh, you already have enough on your plate, Adrian, you can't do this, you can't do that, I wouldn't have gone forward and developed this game, which is which is bringing joy and um, education to so many kids right now. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely. And and you know, and and staying on that point um, uh, regarding um, you know women's football being all over the globe. I mean, just how how much has grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the game going? I mean, because it, it just feels like in the, in the recent years there's been an explosion globally as far as the yeah. game being promoted around the world. And so where do you see the game headed toward? And I know you earlier you alluded to that, you, you know, you feel like that the best way to, um, to, to move the product forward with women's football is to, to join everyone together. But globally, okay. I guess, where, where would you see it maybe five years from now? in the sport for the uh, sport of women's football? Troy, that's a great question. And, you know, I have a clear vision. I really think I love, I love tackle. I love tackle. But right now I do foresee the future of football being flag and uh, specifically the, the flag that's currently played in the world championship. So that's five on five. Um, There's been a split in the governing body. um, IFAF 
International Federation of American Football. There's two factions right now, and that's causing some difficulties because before the split happened, which I, I you know, don't quote me on this, I think it was 2015 or, or even 2016. Before that split happened, uh, flag football, five-on-five flag football was being considered. It was on the track to become an Olympic sport. Now, that's, that's what I see in, you know, maybe not five years because we know the Olympics are every four years, but the next big step for football, I believe, is, is five-on-five flag football. There, there are so many countries that have men's and women's national teams around the world that are playing the sport. And I think the ability and the accessibility to learn the game and to play the game is, is much greater because you don't have the, the high capital costs associated with tackle football. I mean, for instance, shout out to my women um, in Morocco who are desperately wanting to play tackle but are having difficulty getting the equipment um, over there. And that's something that, you know, Jen Walter and I have discussed and we're, we're trying to work towards um, helping them. And I know a lot of the women out there in the um, – the Facebook social media world are, are trying to help those women and other women get the equipment they need to play tackle. But for right now, I really see the next large step being in the, the flag football realm uh, for, for women's football for sure. And I think internationally for both men and women, it's flag football. Very great. And, and and about yourself, I mean, again, congratulations, um, you know, with with the with the card game, and I just think that's fantastic. I mean, who would ever Thank thought you you, you know just you're coming up with a game like that? I mean, so give us a little bit of insight into like how did you brainstorm that? I mean, because that that's an incredible accomplishment to 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 begin a project like that and then actually see it come to fruition. Well, thank thank you for that, and I'm I'm going to give you the God's honest truth, and it involves God. I sat down, I think it was early December, and I prayed. I said, you know, I need something, God. It can, let's do something fun, a game or something that's football related that also um, can teach or educate. I went to sleep, Troy. I woke up the next morning. Boom, blitz champs, soup to nuts, and the whole thing. Just in my head, I scurried, I, I wrote it down as quickly as possible. I did, I'm, a, I'm big on research, so I did research about other games, uh, card games, you know, looking at Uno and uh, Cards Against Humanity, uh, and then also Exploding Kitten. Those are two card games that did very well on Kickstarter. And I, I did, I'm not really, you know, artistically uh, inclined, so I kind of just wrote out what each card should do and I tested it out that Christmas with some of my family members uh, when I went to Arkansas and they loved it you know one of my cousins he was a senior in high school loved football and then my other cousin his older sister she didn't know anything about football and we played it the whole family and they all loved it especially when my female cousin when she beat her brother it was it was so from then on it just was a matter of she he oh my goodness he was so angry it was so funny um, from then on I I just continued to like okay let me use Google images and and get pictures of what I need each of the cards to look like so then you know I created the second prototype and I played it with other people again and I tweaked it here and there and then finally I said you know what I think I have something that's going to work so 
Um, another shout-out to uh, Columbia Business School and, and that network. I was able to reach out to other alumni who um, had experience uh, in the game industry who put me in contact with Jason Navias, who's the illustrator. And then from there on, just followed, you know, step-by-step, developing the game, testing the game, and here we are um, ready to do this full launch of, of Blitz Champs for Christmas. And, um, yeah, Amazon's the place to get it, 19.99, and we're ready to rock and roll. That's kind of – that's my two years in, in a nutshell. <laughs> I think that's incredible. And, and I, my story is, is, is very similar to Howie's where that's really where I got my basis for math is through sports, through football mm-hmm. and watching mm-hmm. basketball because my times tables, you know, from – you know, sevens, sixes, threes, and twos. Yeah. I mean, I got all of that simply from watching sports. And then you add in the, you know, the added bonus of being able to learn a little bit about the game because I have, you know, I have younger children. And, you know, mm-hmm. my middle son, he's, he's interested in football now. And I just think it was, you know, so really the way I was teaching him was is whenever he seemed interested in watching football, he would ask me a question about it. But I just think this would be a great way to to teach kids number one about game. I mean, number one about mathematics, because you yeah. still want to have that baseline, and then they also get to see the patterns, because that's, yeah. that's really what math is is really about patterns, and just to have another vehicle to be able to educate kids on mathematics. I just honestly, I think that's sensational. I think that's one of the best things I've ever heard. So I'm definitely going to support you, and I'm going to go ahead and pick that up myself. So I'm definitely on board with that. So I appreciate you, that. Thank, thank you, Troy. And you bring up something really interesting when you said patterns, because something that I've seen uh, testing the game out in New York City public schools, uh, for instance, there are touchdown cards, and they're each worth six points. And I've seen kids; they'll have three touchdown cards in front of them, and I'll, you know, I'll ask for someone, one of the uh, teammates or the classmates they're playing with, will be like, "Well, how many points do you have?" And they'll start out counting on their fingers, one, two, three, four, five, six, then moving to the second card, seven, eight, nine, and so on until they get to 18. But within an hour, I'm telling you, within an hour, which is a class period, they will recognize the pattern, like what you said, and instead of counting six plus six plus six, start to multiply. And they'll just be like, well, six times one, two, three, that's 18. And it it was even... You know, I was shocked. I, I, I had a, my gut was telling me this is going to be good, but to see them teaching, almost teaching themselves what multiplication really means, it was a beautiful thing. And and it goes back to what you what you just said about recognizing patterns and how sports and keeping score in sports in sports can help children do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And so again, congratulations, kudos for that. I'm definitely picking mine up. So everyone that's out there listening, please pick up Blitz Champs at B-L-I-T-Z-C-H-A-N-P-Z at the end of it. You can find that on Amazon. Definitely pick that up whenever you guys get a minute. Um, it's a fantastic product. I'm sitting here looking at it right now. So I'm placing my order right now. So, again, thank, thank you. you so much for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for this time. All right, Adrian, um, we are just really thrilled your success, um, just like Holly always wears Captain America, you're always on that W. What did you think of the uh, Wonder Woman movie when it came out? 
I, I'm I'm in love with the movie. I just I'm trying not to be obsessed with it uh, because you know I, I'm an adult and I have other things I need to do in life. But probably <laughs> at least <laughs> at least one to three times a week I'm wearing or ha- using some type of Wonder Woman paraphernalia. I thought the movie was absolutely fantastic. I can't wait for uh, part two, the sequel to come out. And despite what the critics have said, some of my friends who've watched Justice League have said that it's good. So I'm looking forward to um, seeing Justice League this weekend and seeing my girl back in action. I can tell you I already watched Justice League because I couldn't keep myself from not watching Justice League. How was it? And, yeah. Yeah, she's – Let's just say she's hot. Good. Let's just say she's hot. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. and I mean hot in a in a leadership role. So she's good. She's good. And uh, I think I think they her her character brought everybody together. Uh, not okay. so much. You know, like when you, when you see the Avenger movies where it's like a little uh, more male dominated. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. because of the, because of the absence of Superman, in uh, yes. in, the, in this aspect of it, uh, she is the next next person up. You know, in, in terms of right. uh, you know, in terms of uh, strength and everything else included, um, so she, I think she's done well. And I, I watched the movie, and I think it was great. Uh, congratulations to the uh, producer as well and, and the director; they did an amazing job. I mean, if you accumulate everything in her history in terms of comics, uh, I think they, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lights out. They did a really good job. I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman too, you know, because she's got a lot of good villains. They do it right. Oh, it's going to be does. very empowering. Yeah, she sure does, and, and I, I hope they will continue to do it well. I mean, Marvel has clearly taken the cake when it comes to um, jumping platforms from comic books to the big screen, so hopefully DC Comics can can come up to, you know, catch up and come up to speed as well. All right, uh, give a shout-out to your Supergirl out there, Liz. I know she's always at the hip with you and stuff, hanging out uh, everywhere with you, so... Um... I'm pretty sure she was really excited to hear that you uh, won the award as well and uh, everybody oh, around you as well. Yes, I've, I've gotten so much uh, just great support from everyone. Uh, and, again, yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised because you just you hope and you pray and you cross fingers and you do everything you can. Uh, and then to win a, a National Parenting Product Award, like, that's that's pretty big. So um, I'm still excited about it. Try not, try not to do a cartwheel right now, but I might I might do a cartwheel. After, after we end our conversation, yeah. just because I'm not excited. Can I have to catch that Instagram Instagram post? I'm gonna have to catch that Instagram post on you. So um, you do great on that. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. But, I'll, uh, I'll get someone to Adrian, film another cartwheel. <laughs> hey, Adrian. Yeah. Um, 2018, you got the the, the Boston uh, Renegades tryouts, right? Um, you guys are yes. like pretty much in off season mode now. Mm-hmm. Everything is in place, as you said. You got some good coaches. You got a good uh, yeah. blend of players. You still got Cahill coming back um, yes. yourself at this point. Uh, the defense mm-hmm. played yeah. really well all year. So um, sure at this point, we we expect Boston to be in the mix. Oh, always. That I mean, <laughs> that's what we do. We stay in the mix. So, and again, as I said, our 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 motto is to be great. We want to uh, be great as individuals, be great as a team, uh, and help lift and create a a standard uh, for women's football. Uh, And, yeah, we're looking to 
finish business that we didn't finish this year. Plain and simple. Now, you know, Chicago is no longer in the way. So uh, at this point, we would assume uh, it would be an easier road, but that never happens because you still have the DC Divas and the Pittsburgh Passion. So. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's never, it's just, at least, it's just never easy on the East Coast, period. And, you know, I'm sad to to, to know that uh, the Chicago Force are no longer going to, to be around because they were a formidable team. And, you know, uh, Linda was a great owner. Coach Konecki was committed to raising the level of play for women's football. And just, again, that organization, my hat goes off to them. And all of the players uh, who were there from day one really, uh, again, being champions for women in the sport. So, uh, unfortunately, they, they won't be in the league anymore. Uh, and uh, it will shift things a bit. But it's always still kind of a, a hard road to hoe on the East Coast in terms of getting to that championship game. All right, Adrian, we're going to go ahead and grab a bunch of Blitz Champs on Amazon. And you can go to the at Blitz Champs on Twitter and you get the link there. And you said it was about nineteen ninety nine, right? So it's a very yep. great gift. And you can get it pretty much in a couple of days. And if you have Prime, you can get it like pretty much the next day. So right how away. is production yes, level how is production level for you? You know, and, and that's the production, that's a good question. Uh, I put my entrepreneur hat on. <clears throat> it's it was part of the, the, the development process is really you know, working to find uh, good manufacturers uh, because I wanted a quality product. And also, I really wanted to keep things in America. I just, you know, I wanted a, made, a product that was made in America. So um, that took a little bit of digging around. And, you know, I'm pleased with the manufacturer that I'm working uh, out there with in the Midwest. And um, we've got a significant first run. Uh, so we'll be ready to uh, to fill all those stockings and, and be wrapped up under Christmas trees for this season and then also um, have a kind of a second window as people uh, need to do fun or exciting things in preparation for the Super Bowl and for all of the, you know, zany Super Bowl parties that people like to throw. Uh, Butch Champs is definitely something that you would want on your kitchen table or to have in the living room. Um, for for folks to enjoy during the game while they're watching the game as well. All right, Adrian, we're going to be looking forward to it. We're going to get our copy as well because it's a fun game, very educational, as you said, and it's really uh, it brings you know young kids together, everybody pretty much in general, and mathematics ultimately, which is educational. So yeah. I wish you well in 2018. Thanks for being on our 200th episode <laughs> of the Blitz. And honored to uh, have you on, and uh, congratulations again on your uh, success. And uh, we look forward to uh, updates. You can follow uh, at Blitz Champs on Twitter and uh, blow it up there. We'll be linking that as well. So uh, go to BlitzChamps.com, get your copy. You can get it faster through Amazon and for a great Christmas gift as well. So, uh, Adrian, always a pleasure to talk to you. Continued success, and we look forward to another chat right here on the Blitz. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. Holly Choi, it's great chatting with you all as well. I appreciate it. And keep up the good work. And congrats again on 200 episodes. That is fantastic. Thanks, Adrian. Say hi to Liz for me. Will do. Bye. Bye. See you, Adrian.
All right, Adrian Smith, uh, gold medalist, uh, two-time WFA champion, and uh, Holly, uh, Troy, I don't know, but Wonder Woman, hashtag Wonder Woman. <laughs> awesome job. You know, I think the um, Wonder Woman personality definitely fits her. Um, she's she's definitely the overachiever type of personality, and uh, not you know, to be kind of uh, fair, I have a lot of Captain America stuff too that I wear around. So I think once it becomes, um, you know, kind of your uh, part of your personality, you just kind of roll with it and and you uh, take a hold of it and run with it. And I think she's really done that. And um, and I'm really proud of her. She's one of those pioneers in the sport that uh, is 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 amazing, and she does a lot of great things on and off the field and one of the things I really like about her is I know that she's not done and uh, so it's great seeing what she's doing yeah and, and success I mean to be on Amazon uh, and like that's why I asked her about production because you get to a stage sometimes when you get to everybody dives into your product then you get a shortage and that kind of just kills the buzz but it looks like she's mm-hmm. got a good pipeline going so that's even greater there um, from one legend to another legendary uh, person, and we're going to jump into the huddle. Huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. You guys can get all your Christmas gifts at Zazzle.com, all the no-joke football stuff. It's at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauty, up to 60% off on select items. Go there now, Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Iron Beauties. And let's dive into head coach Rick Rasmussen of the two-time champion IWFL Utah Falcons. Uh, Rick, welcome to the Blitz. You're on with uh, Troy Wilson, Holly Custis, and our 200th episode, and we are honored to have you on the big, big 200th episode. Well, thank you so much for uh, asking me to participate. Oscar, congratulations on 200, and Troy, uh, keep the questions general because I'm not very bright, and Holly, can't wait to uh, see you here in a week. (laughs) Welcome. Wow. Called you out, Holly, right there. <laughs> I, I'll, I'm on my way, Coach. I've been working out. That's what I understand. <laughs> uh, Rick, this is just uh, great news. You get better competition in 2018. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but you get the surge and the majestics uh, to uh, come over to visit Utah more often. So uh, wh- yeah, what did you think of that news? Yeah, it's one of those things you got to be careful what you wish for because every now and again you get it. Um, I mean, <laughs> Seattle, long time, excellent program, great coaching staff, you know, led by Scott McCarron and uh, some dandy players, Holly. Um, you know, they got um, um, just deep across the board. I know they were rebuilding last year, um, but we, we played them our inaugural season and and that was a war unto itself. And then you toss in the surge, you know, previous uh, WFA champion, uh, great coaches, uh, great scheme, great great players. So, uh, you know, look, we're just, you know, we're hoping to break 500 next season. Now, Coach, you had a great two years of dominance, if you want to consider it that, and you had the, you know, in the championship against Minnesota, Minnesota jumped ships to the WFA the next season. 
Austin has really been, between Carson and Austin, they have been, uh, I would say, your competition, and more so Austin in this way. They've improved over the last two years. So what do you say of the uh, Yellow Jackets uh, from this past season? Look, the Yellow Jackets are a very good team, very well coached. Um, You know, they've got Tony Fuller, an all-around player on both sides of the ball. They've got a great quarterback, uh, rock-solid scheme, and uh, those ladies came to compete. They they definitely had a chip on their shoulder. They gave uh, everything they had, left it all on the field. It was – it was one of those games when we got done with the game, the coaches got together and we felt like we got out of there with a seven to six victory. It was that much of a war for the entire, uh, for the entire game. And we were very proud of our young ladies and the way they were able to execute. And uh, we expect hope for the same this year, but uh, you know, every year the team changes, graduation uh, hits you, uh, new players join you. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have our hands full. Now, we talked to Louise Bean. Uh, we've talked to uh, Heroku. And so, Coach, um, the transition to a new quarterback, but uh, mo- all, of the, all of the things they've told us is the system's still in place. So uh, do you feel comfortable with a new quarterback for this coming season based on, you know, your, your, the system you have in place? There's a system? We just line up, draw stuff in the grass, and go. Um, but yeah, wow! I mean, I, I, wow! I, I, Troy, he's not giving away anything out of the playbook. What, what you know, I think that uh, you know, I think we fo- we we focus on certain skill sets, and um, you know, we emphasize um, uh, the mental aspect of the game, the conditioning side of the game, um, the the uh, the unity teamwork and we've got a couple of, you know, we've got a couple of players that are a little bit quick. So, and that's, that's the game plan. I mean, we, we're going to, we're going to do what we've done. So, uh, and, and hope for the best. As my grandmother say, you're cleaning house. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass it over to Troy now. Uh, Coach Rick, um, and he's probably got some football-related uh, scheme questions. And don't give out all your playbook because you got competition now, apparently, in 2018. <laughs> Look, we've had competition every year, but, yes, there's some. Uh, there's a couple of new uh, sheriffs that arrived in town, so we're just trying to steal as much as we can before they start taking over. <laughs> I got you, Coach. Hey, you know, being that – being in the position to replace the quarterback, I mean, you, you got to be a little bit excited to to be able to try to facilitate that change. I mean, to to be able to coach, you know, the next person up, you have to be a little bit excited about that, right? Well, yeah. In our offense, um, you know, we have we have a number of pivotal players, but it certainly starts with the shot caller, and we've got four young ladies that are competing for that starting slot right now. Uh, Our returner, who was number two last year, Elizabeth Lane, is is a longtime player. She played in Atlanta before she moved out here uh, to get her Ph.D. And uh, very bright, um, understands the nuances of the game. And, you know, she's a little bit fleet of foot. Uh, We've got uh, Sarah Galicia, who has been a – 
longtime quarterback in our system and maybe reads the option as well as anybody. Um, we've got Memory Ware, made All-American last year as a uh, free safety, and uh, and then we've got uh, Tasha Iono, one of our um, you know real good wingbacks, professional soccer player. Um, so we've got some choice, um, but for us it, it all boils down to decision-making and being unselfish um, because in our you know, in our style of offense and, in fact, in our entire team. Um, if you can't run the scheme on either side of the ball, you're not a lot of good to us. So, uh, you know, we hope that uh, the transition will be seamless. It's always tough to, to lose a uh, longtime starter like Luis, but, uh, you know, the other ladies have worked just as hard, and, you know, I would wager that uh, – uh, quarterback Lane um, probably got as many snaps as, at quarterback last year as as, um, as Bean did because of the way we rotate in our platoon system. Yeah, that, that was actually one of the points I was just about to bring up. I mean, the way your your team is structured and the way you guys play, you're really in a unique position where every player on your roster gets a good amount of time. And I just think, right. man, that, that's such a luxury to have. It, just in case you do have injuries or you have right. a, a situation right now where you're replacing a player. So that's got to be a great luxury for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big comfort that everybody has bought into our approach. Uh, last year we lost uh, Keisha Cox in the first Sacramento game and uh, an injury that kept her out for the next four games. Uh, and Sacramento was a – quality program with great athletes better coaching uh i mean they they can compete with anybody and you lose uh, you know arguably as good a running back as there is in the first quarter and um the team just kept on clicking um uh, that old saying next man up really came into play and uh tasha stepped in uh filled that hole and um i'm not sure anybody noticed um we noticed uh, that we didn't have Keisha because, uh, you know, it's nice to have a big hammer in your bag. Um, but uh, Tasha stepped up, and with uh, Visa Squeros, our, our other wing back, who, in my opinion, is as good a blocking running back as there is in either league, uh, we were able to, you know, to keep, keep pressing on and ultimately uh, win that game. You know, your, your offense is, is really gets a lot of the headlines because you guys just operate with, 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 with such dexterity back there. Um, but uh, I don't think people really give your defense enough credit. Give us a little bit of insight into what we are looking forward to is with the defense because you guys did not give up a whole lot of points last year, and I just thought that that's really like an under undermined point that really doesn't get made when you bring up the Utah Falcons. Yeah, look, it's um... – you know, it's like so many other things in life. The flashy part gets noticed, but uh, sometimes the Corvette's parked by the side of the road as the Rambler keeps chugging along. You know, we're we're very blessed with an outstanding defensive staff. Coach Jody runs that defense as well as any defense. I think in the regular season, uh, I think we ended up giving up 13 points, um, something like that. Um, and, um, you know, they're very opportunistic. Uh, Jody is uh, and his staff are 
every bit as demanding as as Kyle, our OC, is on the offensive side. And uh, you either run the scheme and the technique, or you get to stand on the sidelines and talk with me for most of the afternoon. So, you know, they're they're uh, you know the the approach we take is very very team oriented, and um, Jody was highly successful. I'm not positive, but you know we run three platoons, black, blue, and silver, and I think the black defense gave up six points the whole season. Um, the other points came off of um, either the offense or uh, or uh, blue and silver. So um, our ladies take real pride in being hard-nosed football players. Um, we're not bigger than you, um, but we are going to run our scheme. We're going to run it soundly. Um, so we're going to make you uh, play perfect football uh, or else we're going to snatch the ball away and give it back to the O. Two-time defending champions, Utah Falcons. I'm, I'm really excited to see you guys play because, I mean, I, I love, you know, uh, watching that triple option run. Um, I, I just think, to me, it's the most exciting offense. I know everyone loves the spread. I'm a little bit old school, man, so I love the way you guys <laughs> run, run, you know, your offense. I love it, man. So definitely well, looking forward you. to seeing how you guys operate next year. And uh, so thank you, man, for, for taking all my questions. I appreciate it. Thanks, Troy. All right, Holly, you're up next with uh, the championship coach, Rick Rasmussen. Hey, Coach. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, Holly? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so, you know, I've known uh, your program for quite a while now, and one of the things that I've always been really impressed about is, like you talked about before, the platoon system. Mm-hmm. Um, in, when I've watched it, when I've been on the sidelines watching it, it seems like everybody takes a lot of pride in being uh, a part of their individual platoons. And I was fascinated by that when I was watching it. Um, what? How did you come up with that idea? Where did it come from? Well, I, you know, we took a hard look at our advantages and our disadvantages, and, and we and we we really didn't have many advantages. Um, you know, we're a capital city that has a population of 190,000. You know, uh, I look at Denver, and they're sitting around four or five million. Colorado Springs, um, the home of greatness, I might add. Colorado Springs got five or six hundred thousand uh, people. So we had to come up with a, a different way to skin a cat and to put our ladies in a position to where they could compete. And so one of the advantages we had was we had a lot of interest. And my belief is everybody pays the same fees, uh, the same p- fee paid by. Uh, Keisha Cox or Visa Squeros or any of the other starters is identical to the fee that uh, number 53 plays pays on our team. So they earn a right to play in that football game. And I believe as a, as a coach that you don't win with your first 11, you win with your scout offenses and your scout defenses. So it, it made sense to me. Uh, it's better for team morale um, when you have your stars going crazier over a young lady who it might be her second or third time she's ever carried the football and she gets in the end zone, um, the team goes crazy. I think we had 27 players last year that scored points. 
Um, and, and that's a matter of pride to our team. Um, it's maybe the single biggest uh, discriminator between us and everyone else is uh, we have some dandy players, yes, but we are a, we are a unified, solid, mailed fist that wants to work with one objective in mind, and that's to make sure that number 51, 52, and 53 have the same excitement that number one, two, and three have. So it's just a different approach to the same problem. I've always thought it was a great idea. And um, as you mentioned before, Salt Lake is a small market. And another thing that's always been interesting to me is I've played a long time and there's been several teams in the Salt Lake uh, area since I started playing. And what is it in the water in Utah? How are you guys able to pull so much talent from not a lot of numbers? You know, I just think that, uh, you know, Utah, I think, is the youngest state in the United States uh, on the demographic side. So we have a, you know, a, a fairly young, vital, healthy um, population base with, um, you know, with young ladies who have played sports at, uh, you know, various levels. We have, I don't know, probably eight of our starters on offense played college sports of some kind, and it's probably fairly similar on the other side of the ball. But the beautiful thing is is our returning starters spend so much time instructing the newbies that it gets kind of uh, infectious. Uh, I think we had 22 new players show up for the first day of camp. Um, I, I think we have 19 players that are coming down to the game in Vegas who aren't participating in the game. They're just coming down to be with their teammates and to to get a little of experience, including I think five rookies are coming down uh, for that game in Vegas. So, you know, we're blessed with a young, healthy population of young ladies that if you build the right atmosphere, they tell their buddies. And uh, that buddy tells the next buddy. And before long, um, you know, uh, what Hiroko and the admin staff, the leadership of the team the one thing where we don't have to spend a lot of time on is recruiting players to fill the holes, you know, that's caused by what we call graduation. So we're we're very lucky in that respect. So basically if you build it they will come? Yeah, I think in a long winded answer that's um you know, there's a lot of ways to do the same thing. Uh, some ways are more successful um for the others and so we build our team approach around everybody having a real football experience where I, I, I was uh, the, the, the ladies were asked to speak at a junior high school one of our rookies who who was on our silver unit um, she stood up and she said to, to this you know uh, I think it was a high school might have been junior high I'm not a star on my team but I am important on my team I mean that's breathtaking when you hear that as a as the leader of any organization that one of your rookies who really hasn't quite arrived yet as a player understands the value she brings to the team and that's what we encourage that's you know it's you know uh, like Oscar I came from the military it's it's team over everything um if you you know there was an old saying in the in the airplane world that if you shot down 10 MIGs, 
but you came back to land and a Russian tank was parked on your runway, you probably lost. And so it's drilled into you that uh, team comes first. And, um, and our team has adopted that. You will see our ladies spend, there's no jealousy in teaching the rookie or teaching your backup um, everything you know about the game so that the team can get better. And, uh, and Holly, you'll experience that. You'll see it, you know, when we're down there in Vegas preparing for this, you know, East football team who, you know, I mean, look, those are some young, vital, athletic uh, players. They've got a young coaching staff. You know, it's it's kind of like um, the grumpy old men from the West taking on the the new gunslinger coming out of the East. And uh, you know, we we expect that team. They they've got some dandy athletes over there who are going to come to play. They've been practicing, and, and we won't even be able to get together until Thursday. Um, but you know, I look at somebody like um, Ashley Johnson off your team, Ollie. Um, she's a dandy. Uh, Alicia Freeman out of the Surge is is great. Dallas is sending Gina Holcomb. Um, Natasha Winter uh, stands out. You look at uh, somebody like AJ Smiley out of Tennessee. Uh, she looks dandy on uh, film. They they got a brand new quarterback, uh, Monica. And again, I don't know how to pronounce her last name uh, from the Houston uh, Heat. Uh, good-looking athlete, strong arm, uh, speedy. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have our hands full. Uh, and, again, they, they've got an advantage. Their coaches are all young, and, you know, they don't crap out about 530 in the evening like we do. So, you know, we're hoping to win the flip, and that way we'll at least come away from that game winning something. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to go down to Vegas and, when I, you know, look at this opportunity, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to, to get better, to experience new coaches and, and uh, be around players that uh, are like-minded. And so I'm really excited. I mean, like you said, the, the Eastern squad has a lot of talent, and um, I'm looking forward to, to face them. And um, But I'm also looking forward to learn a lot from you guys as a coaching staff. So, plus, you know, it's a you know there's this thing called the sun down in Vegas that I'm really excited about because in Seattle yeah, I'm kind of over the rain. Yeah, I uh, you know I lived down there for a while when I was in the military. I really enjoy Vegas. Uh, early December is a real nice time of year, but I, for me I'm excited to see if if the coaches and we've got coaches from five different teams, players from ten different teams on our squad. If we can come together and uh, work as a single unit. And um, I think the judgment, and again, I have to say this because the East is so powerful, is maybe not on the scoreboard, but maybe the the justification when you say, hey, this was a job well done, is how quickly were we able to get all these people from these different teams who speak different languages, because football's a you know obviously a nuanced game with – different languages, but they mean the same thing. Can we get everybody speaking Swahili in two days? Um, you know, we're going to run the spread. We're going to try to throw the ball over the top. We're going to do anything we can to try to, you know, neutralize the East's advantage uh, that, that we've got coming in. We feel lucky because we've run the platoon system. 
uh, in the regular season, and we're going to run it in the All-Star game. So, uh, you know, but I'm looking uh, at the time to interact with, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, your girl, um, Kase or Kase, you know. You, you match up Kase with Hannes um, Simanu and uh, Katrina, uh, you know, Alono. I mean, we're going to have a Polynesian feast up there on our defensive line. Um, we've got Fancy Robinson coming from Dallas Elite, um, national championship winner. We've got the Beast, uh, Demetria Hardman, coming out of Carson. Um, and then our skill positions, I look at our wide receivers, We've got as good a possession receiver coming in Andrea Chilton, but the battle for the speed uh, receiver's positions between uh, uh, Olivia Morgan, who we call Reggie, uh, Caitlin Reef, Svetlana Stepanchek, and Julia McComas again coming out of Seattle. I mean, the competition between those girls for that position, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing is, you know, how do these young ladies who have never met each other come together and compete at the same time that they're trying to help each other so that we can, um, you know, be competitive. We don't want the East to come all this way just to roll us. So, um, you know, like I said, Ollie, hopefully you'll be one of the captains and you can call heads so we can get out of there with, with some sort of victory. Well, you know, if, if that's the case, Coach, and, and I'm one of the captains, I hope I do you proud and win the, win the toss, but... So as you said, I, I always think of it as iron sharpens iron. So I'm excited to to compete with those girls on my team, to learn from people, and 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 to to have fun. I mean, being in Vegas in December is just fun, and playing football is fun, and being around people who love it as much as you do is fun. So you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, I know this. It's not going to snow eight inches like it did here the other day. So we're looking forward to that and, uh, you know, getting out and, and meeting you guys and working with the other great coaches that are coming in. we got uh, uh head coach out of the uh, Mile High Blaze coming. we got uh, their linebacker coach. Co- coach Barb is coming. We've got Scott McCarron coming. You know, we've got some dandy instructors that we hope uh, can get everybody together on the same sheet of music. And, uh, you know, and the game will be fun because all that league rivalry or trash talk, and that's all gone um, because there's players from both leagues playing, um, coaches from both leagues coaching uh, in a neutral setting. Um, and so, it's you know, maybe it's a, a step towards – yeah, unification somewhere down the road. We hope. That's I would. I hope so. So, that's my take on the game. We're excited to be there, and if I can convince Holly and ten others to line up and play, we'll be there. Oh yeah, she's she's going to be there for sure. She she wants that sun. She's just going for the sun. <laughs> I do. Football sun. <laughs> uh, Coach Rick. Um, 2018, like I said, pretty exciting uh, when the news came out, IWFL, new teams, new structure, more business-minded, uh, you know, everything kind of changed. Where last year we thought the IWFL is about to go away, probably not going to survive, you know, all the doom and gloom stuff. And all of a sudden now we're just energized. to. Uh, so how excited are you 
for more for a more competitive schedule, and then ultimately this really uh, puts the IWFL front and center in terms of competition because it's like a West Coast league now, not so much East Coast. So there's going to be a lot of teams spotlighted on the West Coast where normally we're focused on, you know, the Bostons, the D.C.s, and the Chicago's and the Pittsburgh's and the New York's out there. Now we're going to be focusing pretty much on the West Coast. You know, I think you're right. I think the uh, I think the leagues are are mutating. Um, you know, personally, I would like to see one unified league, but I'm not sure that's going to happen in my lifetime. But then again, I admitted I was old. So, um, you know, I I think the West is becoming more IWFL uh, central. Uh, I think the I think the IWFL leadership. And they've expanded their core group of, of uh, executives, and I think the league motto has kind of changed to something more akin with professional sports. It's uh, by the teams, for the teams, um, you know, because in professional sports, the commissioner works for the owners, um, and you've got to get to that uh, happy medium at some point or else your product's not going to survive. And so I think... We're seeing the uh, beginnings of uh, of a transition. Look, those teams you named, every one of them is a very, very accomplished football team with great athletes and great coaches and a great organization. But in the end, women's football um, it rotates about expenses and travel times. And uh, I don't think anyone in the country travels like we have to travel. Our closest game last year was Reno, and that was eight and a half hours. And it didn't get better this year because uh, I'm sure we'll be traveling to see Seattle and and uh, traveling to Eugene, Oregon. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of travel in this game. So I think the leagues may end up kind of breaking up into a regional format until such time as they finally unify under one umbrella uh, that I hope happens sooner rather than later. It would be better for the sport, and I think the sport could take off this all-star game, I think, will be a great opportunity for people who have never watched women's football to come and see football played at a high level. And uh, that alone could benefit both leagues, not only by attracting players, but at some point some sponsor is going to say, you know, I'm going to hitch my wagon to that. And uh, that's fertile, untapped ground right now. So it, it's incumbent on, on players like Holly and the others that have that are still playing the game and went before to set that bar high so that their product is sellable and everybody, both leagues, all teams, every player can benefit from it. All right, Coach, really appreciate you making the time today. I know you're a busy man, and uh, thank Luis to get a hold of you here. And uh, looking forward to uh, the 2018 season in the revamped IWFL, especially, like I said, with the surge in the mix, the Majestics back in the mix, you still had Austin on there, Carson. I mean, it's it's like a compressed down league, but uh, everybody seems to be more excited now, like you said, because it's, it, it, it elevates to a more competitive state. It's just going to be so good for the brand. So we really appreciate you making the time today. Congratulations on your two championships. Um, and uh, like Troy says, just, you know, you when we watch you play, it's like amazing offense, but – we also got to give credit to that defense. So the defense deserves some credit as well because of their amazing uh, 
work that they've done. But overall, you guys have done great in Utah. So we really, really, uh, are, we are appreciative of the product that you guys are putting out on the field. Well, the only thing I'd ask you guys, you come to watch us play Seattle or watch us play San Diego, I expect to see on our side of the field, we need all the help we can get. Wow. Holly, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going on that side, Holly, just to let you know right now. They're, they got two rings. <laughs> That's okay. Jumping right over. <laughs> I'm going to get the ice bucket from the, from the all-star here right now. <laughs> well, no, 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 you look great. The, the military bond between you and me, Oscar, overcomes anything Holly's bringing to you guys. Uh, coach, I, I'm on. Coach, coach, you know what? I'm on that team. It's on the other side. See? And by the way, you do wear my you do wear my blue, so I have to go Absolutely. with blue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. thank you very much for having me on your 200th episode. I'm very proud of uh, of being one of your guests tonight, and uh, really excited to see how this All Star Game works out in Vegas. Awesome, Coach. Thank you. Continued success. We'll look forward to the uh, 2018 season with the Utah Falcons in the IWFL. Have a great evening. Thanks, Oscar. Thanks, Troy, and we'll see you soon, Holly. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one, Coach. All right. Right, Holly, uh, I feel for you right now, as they say. I feel for you right now because <laughs> he's going to put you to work. <laughs> so it it's is. okay. I, I like I – like, uh... I like working. That's fine with me. Awesome. You know, like I said before, anytime I have an opportunity to play in one of these camps or all-star games, it's awesome because it's just an opportunity to get better. So that's that's what I'm going down for. So I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So we got a great event coming up here December 2nd. Um, our, our co-host here is going to be participating in that uh, event, and it's the Hall of Fame game. Uh, it's East versus West. It's a combination of IWFL and WFA and independent uh, football players from all over the country uh, joining in in Las Vegas, of all places. Um, and it's going to be a great, great event. So we'll keep tabs on that. We'll also keep you updated on as the event comes closer and closer. Holly's got rosters. We got rosters. Uh, so, Holly, uh, I got the rosters, but I had no team names. So I'm going to have to kind of, like, figure out from what team they came from because – uh, there's a lot of good good names out there on both sides of the coast, but we'll figure it out. No big deal. Um, but a lot of like Coach was saying, a lot of great talent on both sides of the coast. Yes, um, you know I think, like uh, Coach was saying, it's a great opportunity for people that uh, haven't seen women play to see us play and to understand that uh, that we can play just as hard as the men can. And, um, you know, also it's a great opportunity for, for players from different leagues uh, to come together and play uh, as one because it doesn't happen very often unless you're at a camp uh, where you play with, with teams and players from different uh, leagues. And so I think overall it's just going to be a great experience for uh, the players that are playing in it, uh, the coaches, and uh, the sport as a whole. But, yes, there's talent up and down the rosters on, on both sides. Um, so it should be a fun game. All right. So we're going to dive into uh, college football. We dived into NFL uh, at the beginning of the hour. And so uh, I want to thank uh, Adrian Smith and Coach Rasmussen for coming on today on our 200th episode. I also want to thank you guys for being with me for um, so long. And now you're a part of that 200th episode. Um, just kind of like, 
just blows my mind this morning when I woke up. I'm like setting up the the show, and I'm like, uh, 199. This is 200. This is 200. I even I told my wife over breakfast, this is 200. And she's like, oh my god, calm down. I'm like, this is big. So um, is it kind of she, is it kind of like when you're the thousands shopper in the grocery store and there's like balloons and banners? It it didn't come out like that because it was like. <laughs> She just threw the plate of uh, breakfast at me and said, here, eat it. And I'm like, it's 200 episode here. Do you understand? And so I was kind of like a little kid trying to like get some sort of price. Just didn't help. No, she did. She said, congratulations, awesome job. So, uh, But I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Erica Lynn Anderson and Kishi Free, Eric Brown, um, all of them also made it possible for us to be here for, for the 200th episode. So um, it's big, and uh, I'm blessed to have uh, – knowing a lot of people along the way, including you guys today, uh, to get us to this level. So, and bringing awareness to women's American football. So that's really our goal, and that's our passion. And so we really appreciate the audience that we have. Um, and so there's only like two listeners, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. There's more than that now. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so, Holly, let's do I college think, football. Uh, before we do that, Oscar, I think you need some more props. Uh, Really? I mean, 200 is nothing. Yeah, 200 is nothing to, to sneeze at. I mean, that's a lot of time, energy, and effort that you put into it. So um, I'm just going to give you some props for a second here. Awesome. I really appreciate that. I, You know, I was thinking about how long it took me to get here and how long it took us to get to 6,000 on Twitter, how long it took us to get to almost 6,000 on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like we have – I think the other night I was sitting there on looking at all of the matrix and stuff. And you know how I'm just, you know, I'm just a geek basically. But anyways, looking at all the matrix and stuff. And I, I'm just totally blessed that we're able to reach 17,000 people that are now uh, dive into women's American football, whether it be international, whether it be in the States, when the seasons happen and stuff, 18,000 new people that have now have been introduced to women's American football at one form or another. So, I mean, I, that's the most proudest moment for me, right? There. Not just the 200th episode or whatever, but just the fact that we're able to, you know, penetrate that on a social media matrix. Um, you know, if, if Fernandez was here, we high five each other because it's pretty much marketing, you know what I mean? But, uh, but anyways, yeah, it's exciting. And so that's what, that's the, that's the one thing that I take away is the fact that we're able, we've been able to bring awareness to that level on, a di- on different social media platforms and now on the podcast as well. And, and being on Apple uh, Podcasts, hopefully down the road here, uh, we're, we're able to generate something and then obviously pay back everybody that's made this end roads happen. So I really, really appreciate that, Holly. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Troy, Holly, let's uh, – college football playoffs. Last uh, – I think last week or the week before, I was saying this is so crazy – but the twelve, the top twelve teams, uh, I think in the ranking, all won their games. So I guess there's no surprise there. So uh, Miami number two, and let me see my notes here. Where else? Where are we? Where are we at? Um, Miami number two, right? If I'm correct. Uh, correct. So they just announced the new playoff uh, rankings, and they have Miami at number two, correct? So uh, I'll start with you. What do you think of that, um, Clemson? Ranked ahead of Miami in the top four, or do we put Miami at now at the top? 
So uh, with the playoff uh, committee, they put uh, Alabama 1, Miami 2, Clemson 3, Oklahoma 4. And I think that's actually the correct uh, order. I think Miami is a very uh, hot team right now. Uh, They beat Virginia this last week, and that could have easily been a trap game for them. And I think that uh, they kind of have that team of destiny feel to them this year. Um, I think Clemson's still really good, uh, but I think uh, Miami just, you know, they, they kind of have the style points right now. And with the playoff committee, um, their resume just looks more complete and they haven't lost yet. So uh, I think the order is correct right now. All right. So, Troy, they they squeeze in South Carolina. And South, is it North Carolina or South Carolina in here? Yes. Uh, South against, Carolina. They're playing – yeah, South Carolina. They squeeze it in. Is that because they're playing Clemson on Saturday, or how would they, how does that go about? I mean, that's kind of mind-boggling for me. Well, um, would help Clem would help South Carolina raise up in the rankings is Michigan losing to Wisconsin. Michigan was ranked number twenty-four. Uh, South Carolina was just outside of the top twenty-five uh, last week, and now they've they've bumped into the number twenty-four spot. And, you know, with South Carolina playing Clemson, this is an interstate rivalry. So this is one of those rivalries where, you know, the whole state of South Carolina basically takes sides. And so, you know, you got the Gamecocks against the Tigers. This is always a huge game. Clemson, though, in this matchup is that Clemson, number one, has to play their rival. And then right after this week, they have to go – they have to play in Death Valley. They have to play that same – number two Miami team that just leapfrogged them. So the next two weeks is going to be extremely interesting, to say the least, for Clemson and also for Miami. But uh, it's, it's just going to be a great matchup either way. But it's, it's a very intriguing matchup. South Carolina is just now getting their things together from a, a down year last year um, uh, after the old ball coach, uh, Steve Spurrier, uh, left that program. And now they've kind of got things back on track. It's good to see South Carolina back up there in the SEC. So we'll see, you know, what happens this week versus Clemson. It's going to be a great game. All right, Holly, Mississippi State moves up two spots from 16 to 14. That's uh, after a win against uh, Arkansas. So, um, I mean, where where do they stand at number 14 now, right, Mississippi State? Uh, I think Mississippi State is kind of a second-tier team. I don't see them as a threat at this point in, in the playoffs, I think, and I don't think they're quite on that first tier as far as like a Rose Bowl or a Sugar Bowl level. I think they're like a second-tier team. Um, you know, I think uh, they've made improvements. I think last, win, last week's win was, was a solid win for them, but at this point uh, they're not in the playoff contention. All right, so their hope is what? If yeah, but, Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, is that like a hope for them to get ranked higher? Uh, hope, hope for them to get ranked higher, but not hope for the playoffs. At, at this point, this week is basically in college football rivalry week. So this is where you have all your historic uh, rival-type games. So Alabama plays Auburn in the Iron Bowl, um, and – and then you have Ohio State playing Michigan. You have Notre Dame playing Stanford. Washington State playing Washington in the Apple Cup. 
Muslims and play in South Carolina. These are the last games of the season, um, and no matter what's on the line, they're big games. But honestly, if you look at how the schedule plays out, there are seven or eight teams that really are the owners of their own destiny when it comes to the playoff committee. Meaning, for example, in Auburn, who's ranked number six right now, they could play themselves into the playoffs because they play Alabama this weekend. If they win that game, they go to the SEC championship game and they would probably play Georgia. If they won that game, then I don't know how you would keep them out of the playoffs. And then the same thing goes with Georgia. Georgia goes to the SEC championship game and beats Auburn or Alabama. I don't know how you would keep them out. And then you have a whole bunch of combinations. You have uh, uh, have Clemson, the the title games for these conferences next week, those are really going to decide who ends up going to the playoffs because right now – there are solid eight, I'd say seven or eight teams that still have an outside shot to get there if they're able to win their conference title game. All right, Toy, can you uh, clarify all that? Because uh, a brand-new person like me is just thinking, what? Yeah, well, uh, the, here's the, you know, the in a nutshell, you, you, Alabama is number one. And so they're sitting pretty right now, but as Holly alluded to, Auburn is right on their heels. And so if Auburn wins this game, uh, that knocks Alabama out of the SEC championship game. That does not, however, knock Alabama out of the playoff contention because there are so many different things that can happen. And plus the voters love the strength of Alabama. Um, likely if they did lose to Auburn, especially if it was if it's a close game, um, there's a high likelihood that they will probably remain in the top five at least. But then you have Miami and Clemson. That's going to work itself out. Uh, Oklahoma right now, they're sitting pretty, um, you know, where they have West Virginia this weekend, and they don't have a Big 12 championship game. Wisconsin right now is undefeated. They just beat uh, a Michigan team uh, with a great defense, and they they really acquitted themselves, and that really has, has put a big boost on their schedule. Uh, they have Minnesota this week, and then after that is the Big Ten championship game, and that's likely going to be against Ohio State. Um, so they have a chance to really solidify their their um, you know their strength of schedule. If they win those games, Wisconsin has a spot. There's no way you can take away a spot from an undefeated team. Same goes for Miami, uh, where things are going to get a lot more clearer once they play uh, Clemson on uh, December the second. So. The, the biggest thing right now is what is going to happen with those three SEC teams, Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia. That is going to play itself out. If Alabama beats Auburn, then it, the picture just gets a whole lot clearer. Auburn is likely going to be out of it. They have three losses. no way they can make the playoffs. And Alabama then has to worry about Georgia. If Georgia wins that game, are they going to keep Alabama and Georgia together? It's way too many teams on top uh, on top of them, in front of them, uh, really five, uh, four teams, Miami, Clemson, and Oklahoma and Wisconsin, that really have an argument to sit back and say, hey, listen, you can't bump us out of here just because you guys beat Alabama. But it, it's going to be super intriguing this coming up week, the next two weeks, especially with the, the conference championship games. This is around the time where college football is, is at its highest, at its, at its peak, 
and, you know, it's, all of these things are going to work itself out and they're going to do it on the football field. There's still going to be some people who really feel like that they got hosed. This, this, this is inevitable. And I just like it when that happens because it's just more of a talking point to add more playoff teams to it. But this is always going to be a talking point. Even if they bump at the eight teams, it's still going to be somebody that feels like they're left out. Ask UCF, um, uh, University of Central Florida, how they feel being undefeated and they're ranked number 15 and they don't have a, a chance in the world to get to the playoffs. They feel like they need to get a chance to. So, again, this is going to be very intriguing in the, the, the upcoming weeks. Holly, you agree so, with that? So yes. So basically, Oscar, there's like three parts to the season. There's the regular season, and you have the playoff committee who is looking at the resumes of everybody involved to find out who are the top four teams that are going to be in the playoffs. However, in between the regular season and the playoffs are the conference championships. And what happens is it's the conference championship is like an extra game for you to get in front of the playoff committee and say, look it up. So if you're able to get that game where you're in the title game for your conference, it's like being on uh, the field one more time so they can look at you. And then by the uh, default of being in that game, you're likely playing another really good team who's also probably highly ranked. So you want to get to the uh, the championship game for your conference because it's an opportunity to look good in front of the committee. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a debutante ball where, where um, young ladies would be paraded, like, hey, I'm out in the world now, you know, trying to look for a suitor. The conference title games are basically the debutante balls for these individual conferences. So if you're a team like an Auburn, you want to be in that title game. If you're a team uh, like Ohio State or Wisconsin, you need to be in that title game because it makes your strength of schedule automatically better because you're playing one more game against a good opponent. And if you win that, then it's harder for the committee not to have you in the playoffs. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you got to impress people. Is that what you're telling me? i got to impress. Yes. you got to dress your impress. It's all about – Wow. It's totally, it's a combination of winning on the field, but looking good while you do it. And and in order to get in those top four, and like Troy was saying, because there's only four spots, you're always going to have, you know, a team or two that's number one and number two that are easier to pick. And then when you get to teams three and four, that's when it gets a little choppy because usually by this point, there's a lot of teams that have two losses. And then you have to decide, well, whose two losses are worth more than somebody else's two losses. And that's where it gets really choppy, and that's why these games are important at the end. Because if I have two losses and you have two losses, but I just beat a team that's more impressive than your win, then it makes it more likely I'm in the in the uh, playoffs. All right, got it. Um, let's move on and to women. Let me uh, – oh, go ahead. Let me just throw a correction out there. The, the Big 12 championship game is back now. Uh, so they're going to play yes. that at um, at Texas Stadium this year. So it looks like right now it's going to be Oklahoma and uh, TCU. Uh, so I just wanted to make that correction. Awesome. So Jerry Jones, awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jerry Jones, how did that happen? All right. Um, let's go to the uh, the international scene because – 
uh, we're living in Australia all season, and the season in the Queensland division has completely ended. And Troy, the Thunder, which we had scenario after scenario, Troy and Holly, the Thunder, we had scenario. Remember the Thunder? They got they forfeited one game. They got a 20-0 forfeit, and then they they got uh, a forfeit from the Rhinos, and then they won 54-0 last weekend against the Spartans. They were the ones that needed to make the playoffs. They finished five and four, and lo and behold, the Thunder, uh, Amanda Ur is out there, and Kathy Cubis, they take care of the defending champion Stingrays, 24 to 16. They defeat uh, Lauren Evans and Kenesha Sims out there, and they are going to the Summer Bowl, the Sun Bowl, December 2nd. And guess who are they facing? The Christy Moran and the lead. Bayside Ravens, who defeated the Logan City Jets 34-14. to She defeats her old team. And so we have a championship December 2nd, Sun Bowl, Summer Bowl, Ravens, Thunder. So, I mean, what an accomplishment by this Thunder team um, to get into the playoffs, and they beat Logan City, and, they, and they're, now they're going to face the best team in Queensland. Yeah, that's a that was a huge upset, man. I mean, that's a huge upset. I mean, because you know, the, beating the defending champs. I mean, that's especially in that league because they've been dominant for a while, and so that's an impressive uh, accomplishment right there. I mean, for the season, Holly, that's a huge. You cut, you come back, and you make the playoffs, and then on top of that, one game and you're in. Guess what? These girls said we're in. Five and four beat an eight and one and one squad. No, I mean, that says a lot about uh, that program, uh, you know, because sometimes it doesn't – I mean, obviously the regular season matters, but when it comes down to it, all that matters is the last game that you play. So if you're able to get yourself in a, a spot where you can play yourself into the playoffs and you, you you win, I mean, that's a great win for them. So congratulations to them. All right, so we got uh, Bayside Ravens. Christy Torres taking on Amanda Errors of the Thunder, and so both of those. And uh, Christy Moran is no stranger to championships, so she's she's looking forward, obviously, to another one under the Purple Uni. And she had her previous championships with Logan City, and so she's uh, looking forward to that. The other title that's going to be contested coming up also on December 2nd, it's going to be the Austrian Championship and that's going to be the uh, Vienna Vikings taking on the Danube Dragons. These two teams met in the final weekend of the uh, season, and uh, the Vikings shut them out 32-0. to zero. In the playoffs, November 18th, Vikings took care of the Swaz Hammers 32-0. to zero. The Danube took care of the Budapest Wolves 20-0. to zero. Two shutouts. Um, I, Polly, I think Danube – is looking forward to this rematch, given the fact that they got blown out in the last week of the uh, last week of the season. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get blown out, it's not a great feeling. But uh, the great thing about football is that there's always, you know, hopefully another game. And when you get the opportunity to play that same team, you gotta uh, uh, take advantage of it. So we'll see what happens. Troy, I think, you know, the, the newbie needs to be really uh, step up their game given the fact that they got blown out 32 points in the last game of the season, and they're kind of like first and second. This is a, a rematch of 
basically a first place, second place team. They finished that. That's the way they finished in the uh, in the standings. So they get a crack at uh, the Vienna Vikings, who own this league in terms of title wins. So um, th- this is huge for the newbie if they can pull it off and win. Yeah, I mean, not to mention it's that added caveat of having a revenge game. I mean, you know, as a as any comp, any competitive person will want to do is get a redo if you if you lose a game. So this is one of the things that you want in sports. So we're definitely looking forward to seeing the result of it. All right, you guys can catch all the rundown on Lexfa Week Five in Mexico on our Facebook page at Great Iron Beauties. Go to Twitter at Great Iron Beauty. You can also get the rundown on all things happening in FXX Mexico as well. And the uh, week five on LFB, which is um, in Cancun, as well as FXL in Mexico, Extreme Extreme League. You catch it on our Facebook page. And go to our Facebook page. Check out all the amazing stories, everything that's happening in women's, uh, women's American football. Don't forget, go to our Instagram Catch Holly's girl, Jules, Jules McComas, out there, and uh, she's been awesome. She's still going on likes out there. So she just she broke our record, Troy. You weren't here last week, but she broke the record for a two-day Instagram likes. Uh, so there's a majestic girl right there just killing it. Um, so go to our Instagram at Instagram at Gridiron Beauties. And so um, for um, what a great show, 200. We had Adrian Smith, legendary Adrian Smith. And we have the uh, legendary two-time champion coach, Rick Rasmussen, guys. So this was, this is huge. Great, great show today. Awesome. Awesome, man. I and think it again, was great, too. Congrats. Yeah, and again, man, congratulations. You know, 200 episodes, man. This is this is incredible, man. That's a great feat. Um, and I hope your breakfast tasted great today, even though it was thrown at you. <laughs> so, but, again, this is, this is just great, man. 200 episodes. That's dope. I got good hands, Troy. I'm a, I'm a good receiver, so it wasn't going to get off the table. <laughs> That's the way it works. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is great. I really appreciate you guys being uh, with me this long and then obviously being a part of the historic 200. So uh, next week we have more guests coming up, exciting, going through December and January as we build up to the WFA IWFL season. You go to WFAProFootball.com, IWFL. Uh, sports.com for get all the latest tryouts nationwide as well as lflus.com for the legends football league check out our uh, stuff on twitter and on facebook so uh for holly custis and troy wilson oscar lopez saying this has been a great show and i thank adrian smith and uh coach rick rasmussen for coming on as well and we'll catch you here next week for another episode of the great iron blitz right here on blog talk radio and apple podcast have a great night everybody Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.